Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Minus five, four, three, two, one. Calculating. On another planet with Planet Sport Bet. Your world of sports betting. 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. Access granted. Welcome to On Another Planet with me, Emma Jones, and Macclesfield Director of Football, Robbie Savage. Afternoon, Jonesy. It's been a busy week, Jonesy. It certainly has. First up, though, Liverpool won their 10th League Cup as Jurgen Klopp's dream of a farewell quadruple lives on. But that meant more disappointment for Chelsea. It's now six cup final defeats for Pochettino with English teams. Meanwhile, it's as you were at the top with all those in the Champions League places winning in their Premier League. But... It's been all changed at Macclesfield, hasn't it? And we are now joined by Robbie Savage, who claims he parts owns it, and also the actual owner of Macclesfield FC, Rob Smethurst. Hello. Rob, thank you so much for joining us on what has been a crazy busy week for you at the club. How are you feeling, first off? Do you know what, Jonesy? It's been... It's been unbelievably a hard week you know Brucey decided that you know he no longer wanted to to be here um he got offered an amazing job uh at Salford and you know we we were sort of left last minute to uh to try and find somebody that you know would fit somebody that would work very closely with Robbie as director of football so yeah it's been a it's been a hell of a week trying to uh trying to replace him that's a job in itself finding someone who wants to work with Robbie Savage isn't it <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, you know, look, you know, I think we all know Robbie's very, very good at what he does, but, you know, unbelievably intense. You know, his expectations are unbelievably high. Like yours. Yeah, like mine. We're the same. We are. But, you know, I think you go to another level. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think I think the reality of it is, is that, you know, we've, we've, we've had to pull this together quickly. Wednesday morning, half past 10, Ryan Giggs run me and said, Sam, you're not gonna like this, and I thought he was gonna say our paddle court's been cancelled. Uh, we play paddle together. Um, he said, Carl, who's the manager, wants to add Alex to his coaching team. I said, Come on, Giggsy. You know you're not going down. You're not gonna get in the playoffs. You've got enough people at the club to get you through to the end of the season. I said, You know, not only did you take my place in the 1992 Youth um, Cup final, <laughs> you're now um, taking my manager, but. Again, Rob was in Wales on a, it was half term, so I straight after I picked the phone up to Rob. I said, "You've got to get back." The reception on the way from Wales to Macclesfield is terrible, um, and it was we had about thirty-five calls, panicking, thinking, "Do you know what? We have to let Alex go. It's a great opportunity for him, like it was for Neil Dans. 
And the thing that hurts us too is that people say now the 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 hot seat of Max a poison chalice, if that's the word, poison chalice. Is that it? Yeah, I think it, you're right. I think you know we get we get everyone calling us we're a circus, we're a joke of a club. You know, the two clowns. You know, we're kind of getting used to it now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the reality the reality of it is is you know you get a lot of you know we're getting used as a, a stepping stone. We are unbelievably successful, but the reality is coaches coaches and management teams come in and then you know decide that you know they get opportunities that you know get to get go to a higher level and. I think that's the reality of, of where we are, you know, because we are such a big club. Um, you know, the people will come in, they'll use us, and then, you know, they, they move on. And I think we've come to that reality that we somehow need to try and find a way of stopping that because, you know, it leaves us in a leaves us in a right predicament, doesn't it? We've had six managers in three seasons, but if you look at it, it's only been our decision to part ways with two. You know, the other three, two have gone into league football. So I wouldn't say it's a poison chalice. I would say what an opportunity for a manager to come to this football club, all eyes on it. It's an unbelievable opportunity with a football league club, but we're in the Northern Premier League, you know, because of what happened. So again, we're really comfortable and confident in, in, our, in what we do, our decision-making. And football's ruthless. Football's horrible. It's ruthless. It's survival. It's all those words. But when you're on the end of it, because let's be honest, Macclesfield Football Club, there'll be clubs above us, below us, thinking here they are, Mac. You know, they're using their status, they're using their budget, you know, to get our best players, to get our managers. When it happens to them, they don't like it. So I get it. I understand it. But we're fine with it. We're fine that Danzi's gone to Tramley. We're fine that Alex has gone to, to Salford. A, to go into the Football League, to probably get more money, to get a 52-week um, payment a year. Yeah, so I get it. We understand it. Right, Robbie, as you've just talked for 20 minutes straight, the podcast is over. It's been it's been lovely having you with us, Rob. Thank you very much. I'm That's joking. Right. I'm joking, mate. I'm joking. But just call for air occasionally, won't you? Let, let your partner speak. Look, Michael Clegg has come in and he said himself that you're getting the very best version of Michael Clegg at Mac. And it seems like a great appointment and a great fit. But for yourselves, what kind of work goes into that? Do you kind of have a drawing board full of potential managerial replacements in advance? We do. Um, you know, we always have a plan B. I think that's where we work really well together. You've got, we've had to find somebody that knows the levels. I think the reality is we've kind of gone for um, managers in the past that you know have got the ambition, potentially league league managers, um, that unfortunately you know don't know the levels of the of the football club in regards to recruitment or 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 even even how the club kind of works at these levels. And I think what we've had to do is identify somebody that knows those levels, um, knows the players, knows the recruitment. I think we've learned that very quickly that we've had managers that have come in that have found it very difficult to recruit purely because of the contacts that you need at these levels. So what I think we've done is we've spent a lot of time, uh, well, I'd very say a lot of time, a short period of time because we had to do something quite quick to bring somebody in that was that was uh, understands those levels. And I think we've done that really, really well. And I think what Rob's educated me on, you know, for having a successful business and processes from day one, we had to put the processes in place, and Rob's told me that we've done it, haven't we? Yeah, I think you've got to you've got to look at the director of football and the manager. They are totally two different 
different roles within a football club. And you've got to make sure that the balance is right because what happens is is they can cross over, one can do too much of the other and they interfere. And then what you find is that, you know, there's a there's a divide in the club then. So I think what I've done is made sure that the policies that we've put in place and the processes that both Robbie and the new management team have a uh, a line that they can't cross. And I think that's the most important part to the football club now is that, you know, Robbie's got a set role to do now. Um, you know, and that comes down to numerous of things, you know, the methodology of the football club, you know, how, how I expect, um, you know, our players to play. For example, you know, the recruitment is a huge part of what Robbie has to do. Um, you know, go out there, identify the players that are needed, um, and then also work on the formation of how he wants those players to play so he can go and recruit those players for those positions. Um, what you find is, you know, managers do leave football clubs. Um, so the director of football role now is is really, really important. And I would say more so than ever now because, you know, we, we have managers that have left in the past. Now, if a manager had come in and decided to have gone and got numerous of players that he wanted to bring in, um, you know, and they didn't fit the new management management team yeah. when that management leaves, then, you know, we, 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 we can have a huge financial problem within the football club. So what we've done is that Robbie will identify those players. Um, he will go out and headhunt them. He will recruit them. Um, he'll organise everything from contracts and, and financials. He will look after my budget. And then that then leaves the manager then to look after the game management on, on, the, manager, uh, on the day of a, of a match. You know, um, he basically sab builds the uh, the squad, and then you know the manager then on a match day will do everything from the picking of the team to um, you know everything out on there as game management. And I think that's where it works really well now within a football club because you get people that come in, they want their own players, you know, they bring players into the club, and you know it's 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 a big process. It's an expensive job when you bring a player in. You know, you might have to give ten thousand or thirty thousand for a player. Then you have to organise everything, and and if they don't fit the criteria once the new management's left, then you can have a five or six players on the bench that could be costing you hundreds of thousands of pounds that you know the new management might not like, and then it's down to me or Sab then to to either get rid of those players, uh, and inevitably those players want playing out of their contract, which costs us a lot of money. I think the biggest thing, Jonesy, for me is as a director of football. We and the management and owners, we want to win. The manager has to pick the team. We can give him the 16, 18, 20 players. He picks the team. He makes the changes. We are a non-league club in our status where we are, but we see ourselves as a professional outfit and we believe we've got a fantastic manager, a manager who knows the levels, a manager who's got great passion, who's got great desire. Um, and already we've had about 484 phone calls um, um, most of them from me to him. <laughs> that doesn't surprise but me. That's what we are. That's what we are. We are relentless and we've got the same passion as the new manager has. So we're excited. Rob, for my final question, I'm going to come to you because I'd like this wrapped up before the weekend. Um, just quickly, at any level from Premier League right the way down to non-league, at this stage of the season, when you look at the competitions that you're in, how important is it for you as an owner that a new manager hits the ground running and continues that momentum? It's a good question. I think, you know, it, we don't know the answer, whether he's going to perform straight away because obviously he's got to know the team and he's got to he's got to sit down with them and, and go through all the analysis. And, you know, but I expect 
because of the type of manager that we've brought in that he'll hit the ground running. Um, you know, we've, we've got to try and go for playoffs. And if we can get to the semi-final or if we can lucky enough to get to the FA Cup trophy final, then, you know, the guy's done an amazing job. Well, do you know what? Best of luck to Michael Clegg and best of luck to you both as well for the rest of the season. Rob Smethers, thank you so much for joining us. I know you've got more important things to be doing, so I'll let you duck off. But Robbie Savage, I'm going to keep you with us because in a minute we are going to be joined by Team Talk's James Marshman. Planet with Planet Sportbet, your world of sports betting. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. James, thank you so much for joining us. It is an absolute pleasure to be joined by a fellow Leeds United fan, and I am sure that you are walking on air in the same way that I am after the weekend. Absolutely on cloud nine, ever, and you'll see why I've said nine because nine wins in a row. There's a you know, Fox Boys unstoppable right now, and who could see that coming on, on Friday night? I couldn't. It was unbelievable. What a turnaround. Have you seen that clip on Twitter, James, where from like three miles away, you could hear marching on together coming from Ellen Road. It was amazing. It, it was it was just sheer electricity, but that was inside the stadium and outside. And there's a real sort of vibe around the city now. And what Farker is doing with that team, nine wins in a row, who can stop them? It's it's incredible right now. Unbelievable. And, well, Leicester can stop them. Oh, left, the last island right. left them with six points clear. Oh, here he is, James. Sorry, I forgot he was on here for a minute. Can we talk about can we talk about the big league? Okay, let's talk about another set of very happy fans, Liverpool fans, after that Carabao Cup win against Chelsea, that one-nil win. Do you think, given the circumstances, that that lads is the greatest win of Jurgen Klopp's career? I would say it's certainly up there, without a doubt, because... Up there? Was... Up there? Is it yes or no? Up there? Oh, do you know what Robbie's the master at, right? Asking someone to answer a question, then not letting them answer a question. Is it up there? Well, that's an easy answer. Come on, James. I'm going to say no, then, in that case. I think nothing tops the 2019 Champions League. Nothing can top that, just because of the sheer sort of occasion of what that was, going to Madrid and winning it for the sixth time. Nothing tops that. However, in the circumstances, what they achieved on Sunday at Wembley with such a patched up team and so many young boys on the field was nothing short of extraordinary. And I would argue there isn't a team in the land who could have achieved that except Liverpool and that shut all down to Jurgen Klopp. I think that is Jurgen Klopp's greatest ever single achievement in a, as a Liverpool manager. Bigger than the Champions League final, because the Champions League final, you know, there was an expectancy for Liverpool, the way they were playing, to win it. On this occasion, going into the game with injuries, you've seen at the final whistle when they won it, when there was about three or four Liverpool players hobbling down the steps oh. to get on the pitch. I just think that against all odds, the youngsters on the pitch, you know, and it was half an hour of extra time. That was the big thing, that the momentum Chelsea had in the last five or six minutes. Listen, they should have won the game, but they didn't. I just think with half an hour to go with Chelsea's players on the pitch compared to Liverpool's, you know, the willingness, you know, to give everything you can for a football club, for your manager. You know, Neil Dans, who was Macclesfield's manager, you know, his son nearly scored two occasions. I remember young Danzi running around um, our pitch in, in the summer keeping fit when his dad was um, a player and what he's got on to achieve second game in professional football you're a league cup winner um, 
Jaden Dans has won more than Harry Kane, um, which is <laughs> quite, which is quite remarkable. And that shows to me, do you know what? If you've got that belief, if you if your man management is on another level, anything's possible. And that for me was a great thing for anybody to say. Do you know what? On a one-off game, anything can happen. And that for me was just unbelievable. How hard do you think it's going to be for the incoming manager to follow in Jurgen Klopp's footsteps, James? Next to impossible. Because as Robbie has pointed out there, those players, those kids, those boys, they will run through a brick wall for Jurgen Klopp. And that motivation, the levels of what he can get out of that team and that squad, there's no man, I don't think, on this planet who can replicate that at Anfield next year. And it doesn't matter if you go for Amarim, it doesn't matter if you go for... Nagelsmann, doesn't matter if you get Alonso, who of course ticks a lot of boxes for the job. To succeed, what Jurgen Klopp has done there is, I would say, near impossible. Whoever comes in though, they've got to be their own man, have their own identity and stamp their own authority on that team. And you can't go in there thinking you're going to be Klopp Mark II because it, it just cannot happen. He's a, he's a one-off, he's a unique. And what he's achieved in that time epitomised by what we saw at Wembley on Sunday, I don't think Liverpool will ever see, not in our lifetimes, will ever see the like of which again. What do you think, James? Just a quick one. So we've seen how difficult it's been to replace Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. I think when Pep leaves Man City, it will be similar. Obviously now Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool. Do you think the shoes which Jurgen Klopp, you know, is leaving are... Bigger shoes, the same size shoes as when Alex Ferguson <laughs> left Man United. Are these size 11s or size 6s, James? <laughs> Hate to say it, nothing, nobody ever in our lifetimes will top what Alex Ferguson did at Man United. Because, you know, 25 years, Klopp's done remarkable, extraordinary things in nine years, but Ferguson was 25 years. Now, that is a one-off and a unique. So Fergie's better than Klopp. I wouldn't say better, but his legacy is that that you know he was there for such a period of time. When he took over, United had what ten league titles, something like or, or less. They were so far behind Liverpool, and he ended up winning thirteen league titles and like taking over their mantle as the most decorated English side in history. So what Ferguson did will never be repeated anywhere. To answer your question, Klopp has ridiculous shoes to fill, but not as big as Man United. What size? Ferguson. What size shoes? Oh, big, 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 big. <laughs> size ten. Is On easy. a scale, if Fergie, if Fergie was a size ten, yeah. What's Klopp? I think he's a eight and a half, nine for sure. Eight and a half. Yeah. Oh, you got eight and a half. Have you? What size shoes are you, Jed? What size am I? If you're talking about my job, then oh, ten out of ten irreplaceable. <laughs> well, what size shoes are you in real life? This is taking a weird turn here, lads. I'm five foot ten and a size eight shoe. I, I'm seven. I'm seven. Oh, thanks for that, lads. That's great insight. <laughs> Please get in touch. Let us know what shoe size you are. And we'll discuss that on next week's pod. <laughs> um, let's just talk for a moment about a manager outside of those four. If Poch was the manager at Mac, how much longer would you give him? Or when would you have sacked him? So It's a great question. So right now, with the amount of expenditure that's gone on to new players, with the big question is, is there an alignment between the hierarchy and the manager? Who brought in all those players? I think that is the big question. 
you know, are they are they Pochettinos? Are they the boards? Are they the owners? Who's are the players? And I think that is a huge, huge thing. What's the philosophy of the football club? Has a philosophy been to the, to the management? I tell you what, we'll bring in the players and there you go. We'll give you the best players we think for our profile. There's the Ferrari. You go and drive the Ferrari. And unfortunately, right now, in the same situation, if it was at Macclesfield, I would be saying, listen, time's up. If it was Macclesfield, me. Because mid-table, huge amount of expenditure and an opportunity to win a trophy, for me, the tie would be up. But this is, you know, that's the Northern Premier League, you know, and we are one of the biggest budgets, expectation. I just think that, yeah, for me at the end of the season, there's a huge question mark now if Poch could carry on. Okay, moving on, um, a great win for Aston Villa, uh, 4-2 against Nottingham Forest. And James, Robbie has still put Aston Villa outside of that top four. I just want to get your thoughts on this Villa side um, and what they've done this season and whether or not you think they're going to occupy a Champions League spot come the end of the season. Uh, I think they've been exceptional this season, absolutely exceptional. And what Emery's done in the sort of 14, 15 months he's been at the helm has been extraordinary to take them from the lower reaches into the top four and, you know, playing really exciting attacking football right now. And I think in Douglas Louise, they've got, I would argue, the best midfielder in the Premier League right now. Nine goals, four assists, and he, and he so, there's nothing he can't do. He can play as a six, he can play as an eight, he can play a bit more advanced going forward as a, you know, you probably wouldn't play him as a 10, but he could do that if you wanted him to. But the fact he's controlling games from the midfield and he's been really, really good. And so would you have him over, over De Bruyne or Rodri? <sighs> De Bruyne is next level. I mean, so City no. have like missed him all season. Does so that no? No, I would not have Douglas Louise. But this season, you know, uh, De Bruyne has missed large portions of it. Rodri is a different sort of midfielder. Um, but what Douglas Louise has done this season has been exceptional. And and for me, with Declan Rice, Declan Rice, brilliant as well. If you were picking a top six Premier League players of the year, PFA awards, uh, the nominations will be announced quite soon. If you're picking a, a top six, I would make a strong case for Douglas Louise being in there. Honestly, I would. Um, do you think, come the end of the season, because Robbie still doesn't think that Villa are going to get a top four spot, do you think they will come the end of the I, season? I think they will, yeah. A lot of it will depend on how he gets the squad balance right. I think he needs to probably manage his squad very carefully with the sort of Thursday-Sunday rotation. So that'll be a big factor because, you know, Emery's got a fantastic record of, of, of delivering European trophies. So he will fancy his chances of delivering a trophy in that. But at the same time, he won't want to take his eyes off the Champions League prize that you get for a fourth place finish. Speaking of Champions League, Robbie, obviously you still maintain that Manchester United are going to be in that top four come the end of the season. They were beaten 2-1 against Fulham at the weekend. I thought Fulham were brilliant. They deserved it. I didn't see that result coming, to be honest with you. The run of four Manchester United being on, they had momentum, their away phones being good. Yes, they've got a few injuries once again, which is a blow, but it's an eight-point swing. You know, before that game, I thought United would win, I thought Villa would win, and I thought United would catch him. And now eight points, right now, I would say the only team have got a chance of catching Villa would be Spurs. So I think Villa will finish above Manchester United. I've not seen the runnings yet. 
But I think Spurs are the most likely to catch Villa. Can, can I ask you, Robbie, 10 Premier League losses for Man United this season? Yeah. 10. That is, that is unacceptable for a, a club of that standing and that standard. Ten Hag, in or out? Oh, Ten Hag, in or out? Um, <laughs> you would say from now there to the end of the season, um, they're in the FA Cup, aren't they? They've got to try and get... We, we don't know if fifth will be Champions League yet, do we? Um, I think it all depends. If Manchester United can finish in a Champions League position and win the FA Cup, I would stick. If they don't have no Champions League football, you know, with Sir Jim Radcliffe coming in, I would, I think a conversation would need to be had at the end of the season. And if there's no Champions League football, no trophy, then for me personally, I would be looking to start again. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I do. I think I think he's I think he's a man on trial right now because the the number of defeats they've had, the recruitment has been awful. And I'll point to Anthony, Andre Onana and Mason Mount. That's about £180 million worth of players. They've all been fairly awful, to be honest with you. For the money spent, the return has been shocking. And if they don't get Champions League this season, I think he's gone. Simple as. It wasn't that long ago, Robbie, that you were saying he was the best manager in the world. Do you remember well, last that? season, last season, Manchester United did exceptionally well. Two cup finals, Champions League football. Yeah, what you have to work with, what you have to deal with. I thought as a as a manager, we, you know, everybody looks at results and I suppose for football fans when they go to the pub after the game, you know, the highs and the lows, the emotions, it does boil down to three points on a Saturday. But as I found out, you know, owning a football club with my partner Rob, you know, and, and the head coach or the manager, they've got so much more to deal with. So much more to deal with. And it's, you know, from from the outside world, it's all about the three points. But there's so much more um, which he had to deal with it last season. I thought he dealt with a lot well, and and you know on the pitch they there was a mass, massive improvement, and that's why I thought they'd kick on this season. As James has said, the ten defeats going out of of Europe, games they were winning, you know the leads they lost. So I stick by that last season that he was one of the best head coaches we had to deal with in world football this season. It's just gone backwards and there's been no progress. And that would be the worry for me. James is spot on about the recruitment. One thing that never changes is the academy, the amount of players they produce once again, doing unbelievably well. You look at Forson, who played at the weekend. You look at, you know, Corby Main, who's been magnificent. Um, Ganacho. So again, McTominay, players on the bench at the weekend. So Manchester United's academy is, is again proving it's one of the best academies in, in the world. But I stick by what I said last season. This year, it's been a complete opposite. And if there's no Champions League football, no trophy, then I would say that a clean start in the summer. Well, look, lads, I want to finish on a slightly different note with a slightly different question because we've had a listener of the show right into... Oh, we do get listeners then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's me dad. Um, <laughs> no, so, I mean, it better not be my dad. So, Dave, I'm not going to read his surname. I'm going to give him some anonymity. We've got in touch saying... I'm a Liverpool season ticket holder and before I found out that Klopp was leaving at the end of the season, I'd agreed to take my wife away for her 50th birthday on the final weekend of the Premier League season. I am desperate to be at Anfield and be amongst it for Klopp's final game, but when I suggested it to the wife, 
She was very unimpressed. Do I pick Klopp or my wife? Now, I have a, a point of view on this. I have some advice to offer, but I want to hear from you two first. Mm, it's such a difficult one that I would potentially be telling a little white lie, maybe saying the hotel and <gasps> double booked and maybe just say they've rearranged it for the following weekend. Let Yeah, tell you we're doing it the following weekend because the hotel double booked us. Then you can see Klopp and have the weekend away. I'm going to be honest, James. I would be ringing that hotel and be like, no, no, you are lying to me. So I kind of feel like that could result, result in divorce proceedings. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Dave, whoever you are. I do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, what are you... Robbie looks very like he's really thinking about this. He really wants to offer some sincere advice. I am thinking about it. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I think um, I would probably stick to what I said. I'd probably take my wife away. Really? Because, you know, it's a huge landmark, 50. Um, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll stick to it. I'll take you away. But the only thing I'll say, and I'll ask you, because I'm going to, I promised you I'll take you away for your 50th. You know, we've been together so long. You know, my love for you is greater than anything. <laughs> I just, <laughs> um, um, uh, I don't know what I'm talking You're about. You're really it, terrible at this, mate. <laughs> I would I would say I would say one compromise. And I think this is fair. I would say we'll go away. I'll miss Jurgen Klopp's last game. I'll I'll stick to it. The only thing I'd ask you to change, if on that last game we've got a chance of winning the league, then can we swap? But then you're asking us to wait. You're just basically saying, yeah, can you just but wait? That's and that's a compromise. So Jurgen Klopp, just say on that day, it's Jurgen Klopp's last game and there's nothing on it. I'll still take you away. But the only thing I ask is a compromise. If on that day we need to win the game, to win the league, and it's Jurgen Klopp's last game, can we compromise? I think that's fair. I appreciate where you're coming from, but if she's already unimpressed that he suggested it and then he's asking her to wait... I, I think that's fair. You give and take. That's fair. I think that's fair, James. I, I would like to offer a different perspective here. How about, Dave, you say to your wife, look, I really want to celebrate your 50th and mark this, this landmark birthday with you and I want to really give you my time. So how about if we do it the following weekend and I'll give you more of my time, maybe an extra day or up the ante on whatever it was you were doing, you know, maybe if you'd have to spend a little bit more money on her or even if you can't afford to do that, you just give her another day. So if you were going away for the weekend, Friday to Sunday, you maybe go, do you know what? We'll do Friday to Monday. It's just the week later. I want to make it up to you. Well, it's not all about money, Jonesy. It's about the thought. That is why I said if you can't afford it, you could give her an extra day. But it's nice to know you're listening. Like I say, never take up counselling, will you, mate? <laughs> and on that note, that is it for another episode of On Another Planet. James, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dave, for getting in touch. Do you know what? If you want our Agony Ants to help you with anything, please do get in touch. You can send your questions in confidentially to myself or Robbie Savage's DMs, or you can get in touch on all of the socials at Planet Sport Bear, and we look forward to answering your questions. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Jonesy. See you, Dave. Thank Dave, you. Dave, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> James is Dave. He's you. <laughs> oh, no, you found me out. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Dave. Cheers for that.
on another planet with Planet Sport Bet, your world of sports betting. 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. Sports Social Podcast Network.